Steve, and we are going to read from Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, if you've got a pew Bible in front of you there, we're on page 1704. Hebrews chapter 1, hear the word of the Lord. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Therefore, we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Thanks, Steve. Again, good to see you all. Um, I want to encourage you just as we uh, work our way through Hebrews chapter 1, just to have the Bible open in front of you, because we're going to be digging deep into that text particularly. And so do have it there in front of you on, on the Pew Bible or on your device. That would be excellent. How about I pray for us? 
that God might help us to understand his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we uh, have one simple request that we might hear your son. Help us to hear him today. Help us to listen to him. Father, be at work in your word today by your spirit so that we might hear him. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it's really nice to be back with you. Uh, we had a great couple of weeks off over these past couple of weeks, spending time recharging at the beach. Thanks for letting us uh, get away for that break. Um, at one point during our holidays, I was driving our kids up to the Fun and Adventure Camp, which is up on Mount Tambourine, and we went away we don't normally go. We went up the road from the Gold Coast to the Tambourine Plateau. I don't know if you know it. It's called Henry Roberts Drive. Now, I don't normally give recommendations for streets, but I want to recommend Henry Roberts Drive to you. It's fantastic. Uh, the street, if you don't know it, it's fairly steep. So you uh, put the, the car into as low a gear as you can. You just try and work your way slowly up this incredibly steep road. And there is this point about halfway up the mountain <clears throat> where you come to this sharp bend on this winding road and you just get this kind of glimpse of the Gold Coast. And uh, I get a bit excited about views, so I'm there going, hey, kids, kids, look at the view, whilst also trying to turn the car up this narrow, windy road and trying to show them uh, everything that is there before them. But then, but then you drive up even higher. The road gets steep again, and you go up and up and up, and you hit this point right at the top of Henry Roberts Drive where you realise that the view that you had halfway up, well, that was the appetiser because this is the main course. And you feast your eyes on this view that takes in the whole of the Gold Coast. You can see pretty much from Southport almost down to the border. And because you're up these few hundred metres, you can see over the high rises and you can see the water lapping at the beach. It is stunning. I recommend it to you. I give it five stars. Now, I mention this because I think that's what the book of Hebrews does for us. Hebrews is a book that is written to lift our sights, to give us the biggest possible view we can get of the Lord Jesus. You see, right through the book, the writer wants us to have this picture of the grandeur, the supremacy, the excellence of Jesus. Now, I don't actually think that there is any other book of the New Testament that does this in quite the sustained way that the book of Hebrews does. The writer keeps on putting before us Jesus. Jesus. Look at him. See how excellent. See how great. See how supreme he is. And so I want you to prepare yourself because chapter after chapter, what is going to happen is that we're going to be invited just to lift our gaze, to take in the view, to see the whole vista of who he is. Now, the reason the writer does this is uh, not because he wants the people he was first writing to or even us to have the right theology, the right doctrine about Jesus. No, there was a very pastoral, very practical reason that he is doing this. The people he's writing to were under pressure. They were feeling the weight of persecution and in the middle of that pressure that they were feeling, there was this temptation to drift away, to give up on the Lord Jesus. 
uh, we're not going to read it now, but in chapter 10, uh, he actually says to them that he knows that they've endured great conflict, full of suffering, and he goes on to talk about how they've been publicly insulted, they've been persecuted, some had lost property, all for following the Lord Jesus. And what's his strategy for this persecuted bunch of little Christians? What's his strategy for them? Well, he wants to remind them to see who Jesus is. He wants to lift their eyes so that they can see who he is. He wants them to take in the view so that they remember who he is and they don't drift away. Now, we're looking at chapter 1 today. And chapter 1 gives us these two very important but interconnected truths Uh, First, we're going to see that Jesus is God's greatest, fullest, most complete revelation of himself. And second, we're going to see that Jesus is supreme over all things. And as we're going to see, these two things are are intertwined. I want you to come just to the very first verse, if you can. Come to the first verse of Hebrews. Hear this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe now there is a lot in those verses but let me just put it really simply we're being told here how God has in the past spoken to his people the writer talks about this time before the coming of Christ where God spoke to his people through the prophets and in different ways and when you read the old testament you see that that is indeed how it went down. God revealed himself in the Old Testament to those believers back then in many places and in various ways. He spoke to them, well, through visions, through dreams, 